the Underdog Podcast from SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back and we have football this week. Not super exciting. Doesn't really sound like it in my voice, but I'm super pumped. I mean, I watched week zero, stayed up till midnight, probably later than that, watching Hawaii and Arizona, you know, struggle through turnovers and whatnot. But we have AAC football this week, and that means that my life is officially over on Saturdays. So that's that's great. I can't I can't wait to continue the tradition of wasting my Saturdays from 11 a.m. to midnight. So, we have the week one podcast here, uh, Underdog Dynasty. We have a Joe Talk episode without Joe. He is back from Italy. Don't you worry. For those of you who are sick of listening to me, he is back. And he will be back next week on the pod. So, today, I have my friend. And in the words of Nelly, who your name is, sir? I am Mike Settle. I am a contributing writer. At Underdog Dynasty, along with you. And just for the sake of this podcast, my grandpa's name is Joe. My great-grandpa's name was Joe. So I figure, eh, close enough. I might as well be a stand-in Joe. You know what? I'll count it. I'll count it for okay. this one. That works. All right. Works for me, man. Yeah, we don't have to go in and change names and whatnot. And, <laughs> and it's, you know, you and I have been working together for, I don't even know how long. How long have you been with the site? It's been a little bit over a year. This okay. is my second season, but I've been. It, it's been over a year now. Right on, yeah. So it's right. uh, Joe and I have been doing these these team previews, and it's nice to finally talk to some people. And now I actually get to talk to a person I work with. So you and I kind of share a similar interest in that we are in Power Five territory, but we also we also appreciate Group of Five teams as well. Right. So kind of give a little background about your team i know who it is and kind of who you like in the group of five well say okay save your tweets save your tweets i'm a florida state seminoles fan i know i know save the hate uh and save the bad ats because i know we were terrible last year um i'm a florida state fan uh always have been always will be but off of that branched my love for just general college football Power Five and Group of Five. As far as who I really pull for in the Group of Five, I think you know this. I pick a new set of teams every year. <laughs> I pick a new five from each of the five conferences every year. So last year I was a big, big on the UAB bandwagon at a conference USA. This year, uh, I'm not 100% sure yet. I have to get back to you. But that's just kind of how my fandom evolved. It's from Florida State into being just a college football fan and then man you get the the tuesday night wednesday night matching games and you know the big thursday night kicks and all that stuff so that's just kind of where oh this football is really good as well yeah it's just i understand the the crazy fans that love their team and they yeah, they might have gone to school there and whatnot and or they played for that team whatever i i get that but at the same time i think it's also not fair to just dismiss a team because they're not in a quote-unquote power five conference because as we've seen that <laughs> sometimes doesn't mean anything and hey man my you're... team almost lost to samford last year so <laughs> that's I'm right all... i forgot about that it's all up for grabs at this point brother well and you you guys got boise state right off the bat this year Trust so me, i know it's a toughie yeah it a it's toughie. it's that's gonna be a good one i'm looking forward to that so we kind of just dive into we've already had technically one week if you want to call i don't know it's we won't get into that but week zero shout out to papn 1.0 there we week go zero. and right. it, it's i think it's it's funny because every year it seems that this week zero is mostly, you know, you have your Hawaii's that play in week zero or USF played San Jose State or so I don't remember. But it seems that ESPN always does this thing when we're in the summer and they say, oh, we're 50 days away from the beginning of college football. And they don't say like week one. They don't like mention that the first full weekend they say college football. And there are games before those like shorter than that 50 days. But then all of a sudden, Florida and Miami get switched to week zero, <laughs> and they change it. And I just never understood that. I, 
I think it's probably somewhere in the contracts with those conferences. It has to be. Because I do remember before the mega deals on the rights fees came out of, what was that, 11, 12, around that time? Something like that. really started to see it really matter. I remember countdowns before that acknowledging, and it wasn't even the big time guys. I'm talking like the FCS 1AA level. They would at least acknowledge that that was the first official college football game. But then you're right. All of a sudden, it's like those teams don't exist. And, you know, last year, what was it, New Mexico State and Wyoming? Okay. That's the first time the ESPN had been to New Mexico State in over 30 years. And you really didn't hear anything about it. It was on ESPN two, uh, so it's just, so you're right. I find it weird. It's actually really frustrating because, and I I didn't have the chance to finish this article. I will at some point, but it it, it the group of five should really focus on taking advantage of week zero, um, especially with the new AAC TV deal with ESPN. I would take far away in advantage of that. Not put my best game on it, okay? But you could afford to put. Man, last week, if you put ECU and NC State on there, okay, I'm, I'm settled in. 3.30, I'm ready to go. I'm in. So, Right, I'm all in, even though I, you know, not a great game still, an in-state game, got an AAC team. I think all the G5 conferences would actually be suited to at least put one uh, decent game on that week zero, but not now because guess what they've found out? <laughs> you put one big-time Power 5 game there, people are going to watch it. The overnight rating one of the most watched games in like, what was that, like three years? I mean, it. so they found a formula that's going to work, so now week zero is going to matter. Right. Are we going to start having games in June all of a sudden because that's going to be week zero? Like, now we've had them in Australia, so <laughs> yeah, seriously. Grabbed, man. Yeah, and we won't get it. We're not going to dive into this because this is like a podcast on its own, but then, you know, game day decides, hey, we're going to go to Disney and uh, just hang out there. We're, we're not going to dive in that, but you can tell our reactions already. We already <laughs> how we feel. Uh, but going hey, into weeks... Howard uh, dropping the... the <laughs> <was pretty> great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that, too. Oh, yeah. Um, or, you know, it's, it's still not quite uh, Lee Corso dropping the F-bomb at Houston. Uh, that's, but that's my all-time favorite moment from that show, man. That's a classic. Anything, anything not Wojciechowski, anyway, or, or the other guy that... Uh, Tom Tom, Rinaldi. Yeah, so we you know, we touched on week zero and and uh you know Florida and Miami is the big one everybody watched, but then you also had well I I did because you know it's it's college football. I was also watching Villanova and Colgate, so whatever. I did too. I watched that game as well. But I was uh, surprised by that. We don't have to beat that, but surprised by that score. Yeah. Um but yeah, so it was, uh, you know, you watched the the Florida Miami game, and then there was Arizona Hawaii. If you were just going to stick on the FBS level, but you know, Florida is the team that comes into this year with, you know, Dan Mullen's success at Mississippi State is well documented, and we kind of expected. Well, I should say I didn't, but most people kind of expected this to be a potential playoff team, and. It, it was honestly like to be completely honest it was really hard to watch it ended up being a really sloppy game and i know that there's going to be finger pointers oh this is why you don't play games on week zero ignoring the fact that they started practice a week early so there's no difference in the practice time that any other fbs team had to florida and miami yeah so and it would be just as sloppy right, so right first games are sloppy this week is going to be filled with a whole bunch of sloppy play and so where we see those two teams last week to where we see them halfway through and after probably going to be a lot different. Um, it was hard to watch. I don't think Florida is a play. Like this is going to sound like hate because I'm a Florida state fan, but I'm just giving my honest opinion. Florida playoff team. No. Can they go nine and three again and finish second in the East? Absolutely. And they probably will. I just don't think Felipe Franks is, is well suited to take them to the next level they need a higher level quarterback play yeah it was it was funny because <laughs> frank's made like he had a you know he had a handful of turnovers and then he makes uh, like a couple good plays and he's i won't get you too worked up we don't need to spend two hours talking about no, felipe okay. franks okay. but it was just interesting but kind of to tie this into 
you and I also share the kind of the similar feelings to the, you know, we have these preseason polls and honestly, like, here's the thing. They're never going away. I understand their purpose. It's to mostly to get people excited, to create dialogue and for course, people like the Doug Gottlieb's of the world to get attention. Uh, even though he's not guy. a college football guy, but all of a sudden decides he's an Andrew Luck expert. Anyways, oh, Andrew Luck expert. anyways, and it's, it kind of goes with, almost a playoff the college football playoff committee when they come out with their their rankings in week nine it's like well it just doesn't really make sense and preseason polls kind of bother me because i guarantee you that people who vote for the ap people look at those preseason polls and that influences their decision and i just don't think it's fair because i think it puts a lot of pressure on a team like florida you know they probably can handle it, but like, we don't know what Florida is. We know what they were last year, but last year is not this year. That is not the right. same team, and I don't think it's fair to to assume they're going to be similar to that team because they have a different identity. They probably have a handful of starters that are completely different than last year, and maybe you know even different coaches coaching those kids. Right, I agree with you a hundred percent. I know what they're for. They're for conversation, like you said. Just like those playoff show, you know, those playoff ranking shows, those are so people can watch and so they can talk and so that they can trend on the internet. And I'm fine with that. I, I get the business. I understand. Um, but you made a great point. And I'm going to go back to a team that you know really well. A few years ago, when Houston opened up with Oklahoma, they were a ranked team, correct? Uh, correct. Yeah. So here, Oklahoma was third and Houston was 15th. And I was actually at that game. That game was sweet. That, that's a lot of pressure, especially on a group of five team that people are predicting to go undefeated if they beat Oklahoma and go through and be the first ever group of five team to make the playoff before the season even gets underway. And you have them ranked at 15. But like you said, the you know, that was a really good Houston team. They beat Oklahoma. They beat Louisville. They creamed Louisville. So while that was a really good team, they had some slip-ups. I just don't see how we can – I get what they're for. I think we – I've always thought at least wait till I don't know, my my cutoff's always been week four. Because by week four, week five, you have some some evidence to know who is who and what is what. And, I, look, is Florida a top ten team? Maybe. But they didn't look like it on Saturday. <laughs> right. And that could be a number of things. It could be Florida played a bad game. Miami could be better than we think. I mean, if Jaron right. Williams had any time to throw the football, they would be he looked, like, yeah. he looked good. And so yeah, it's, 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 you kind of touched on it. You can't really judge based off one game. And I know that, like, even people were calling for Cole McDonald to be benched in week two. And it's like, it's one uh. game. And yeah, you know, right. it's just it's the overreaction world that we live in, unfortunately, and we just you know we just have to live with it. No poll is worse than the coaches' poll. I just want to point that out, okay? And yeah, the coaches' poll, which shouldn't be done because they don't care and they don't pay attention. Like they pay attention to who they've played and kind of like a handful of teams. And Stephen Godfrey's been on this for years. They hardly ever vote. They get that guy. The GA, the lonely GA, to vote for them. Right, and the GA probably does has less time to pay attention than the coach does. Do you think Jimbo Fisher is sitting down voting in the coach's poll? No. There's no way. No. There's no way. No. So, yeah. And as you know, there's definitely politics involved if they are voting. Like it's just, of course, yeah. It's just there's not there's not a perfect poll, even if the the playoff committee got things right like people would they're going to be mad regardless of it so of course. it right. doesn't matter but anyway we'll move on to something new we're doing on joe talk this year we have a couple games and the first one is a game we're calling over under and it's not we're not tip we're not picking over or under we're picking specific stats for aac games so whether that's you have you have first downs, points in a game for one team, total points for both teams, yardage by a certain player, yardage, whatever. It doesn't matter, time of possession, you name it, find a stat, make the other person guess. So what we're doing is Mike's actually filling in for Joe because Joe will be doing this with me every week whether he likes it or not. 
and we each have we each have four things that we're deciding for the other person to pick. So I'll go first. Michael give me his picks, and then he will go, and I'll give him my selections. And you know you're gonna be over on some, you're gonna be under on another, and the goal is to be whoever's the closest to zero at the end of the year. And we might do if you get happen to guess the stat right on, you get your score erased to zero. So we'll see how it goes. We're making it up. You know what? We're switching things up. Things might not go well. Who cares? We're having fun. So first one that I have for you, sir, is I need you to tell me the number of points that Wagner is going to score against UConn. Oh boy. I was hoping we were going to do a deep dive into Wagner and UConn. Man, you threw me off here. <laughs> we um, want people to listen, Mike. We don't want people to tune out. <laughs> okay. Hey, man, there was a lot to, there was a lot to talk about with UConn in the offseason. Um, yes. Okay. That's the only time there was any. Hey, but uh, I'll um, – okay. I By the way, I, I actually think UConn is going to win the game. Um, I think Wagner – look, I look at – I know. I did a little prep. Looked at Wagner's – Stats and schedule from last year. So, 24. Let's go 24. 24. I like it. 24. 24. Yeah, it's... uh, you're Well, and you get to the the P6 Pick'em article, you're probably going to pick UConn in one of the categories for sure if you read them. That's right. That's right. All right, number two. I have Houston, Oklahoma total points. Oh. Um... You know, normally I would pick really high. I'm curious to see Oklahoma's defense under Alex Grinch. And I'm really curious to see the Houston offense under Holgerson. And I think that was a really good hire, by the way. A lot of Um, different things going on there. I like it. Yeah, there's a lot of different variables. I like Hurts. I don't know if Hurts is the passer of the last two quarterbacks they've had. Houston returned Derek King. I really love, even though he's in a new offense. They're going to let King be King, I would hope. Don't pull a Khalil Tate out there. Um, the over-under so, 79, according to Bavada right now. Okay, 79. Total point. Hmm. This is tough. It really is. I'm going to say, you, you want a number or you want my over-under on that? Uh, no, a number. Everything's going to be a number. Okay. Um, and then you'll at the end your total. We'll see if you're over or under based on what you got there. So I'll say say seventy one. Seventy one. I want 71. when I when I write the preview. So I've been writing a bunch of previews for for Underdog Dynasty and then for my other college football job that I do as well. And I always want to just be like they're, they're going to combine for a hundred points. It's going to be great. Like I know. I just, I know that's what my first instinct is too. Like, well. <laughs> But when you think about it, prop forever for Oklahoma's sake and Houston's sake, I certainly hope not. Right. <laughs> All right. So number three, we're getting a little bit tougher, a little bit bigger numbers, and the third one I have is Wisconsin's running back Jonathan Taylor. Number of rushing yards he'll have against USF. I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I'm pretty close to hundred percent. The USF returns like no starting defensive lineman, correct? They they had like uh, one or two guys that were hurt. They actually just lost their starting linebacker from last year uh, okay. with the same injury. So he, I think he's out for the year. So yeah, they're it's going to be tough. So Jonathan Taylor tailback. Okay, give me. I'm going to go one thirty. One thirty. All right. I'm going. Hey man. <laughs> I don't trust that USF defense at all. Not at all. I don't trust USF in general, but let's not dive down into don't, that. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it, Joe. <laughs> don't do it. Oh, man. Uh, okay, fourth fourth and final one. I have Memphis total yards against Ole Miss. Yards against Ole Miss. Uh, let's see. And this one's tough too because I I know I well, I'm gonna guess that Memphis is gonna win, but I don't know if they're gonna dominate or if it's just gonna be a struggle fest for each, both teams. For, for Freddie White in his seventh year of eligibility, um, <laughs> he's got another year after this too. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. Unbelievable. Feels like he's been there forever. Right. Um, 
Let me t- total yards. Um, this game makes you go. think. You didn't think let's you were going to think this much tonight, did you? You know, I didn't. Let's go five five twenty. Five twenty. I feel like uh, no, no, no. Let's bump that down. Let's go four seventy. Four seventy. All right, all right, all right. Because I think they'll pass for a pretty good amount. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. I'm hoping you're right, right. but. We will see. All right, so now we'll turn the tables. You have your picks for me, or Joe's picks. And by the way, if you suck this week, I'm just sending Joe right to you. Okay, send him my way. And if if I suck this week, I'm never letting you come back on the pod. Okay, well, that's... See, well, my name's not Joe anyway, so it doesn't even matter. (laughs) Okay, Um, so... By the way, you can tell Joe it's okay. We're both kind of Eagles fans. It's okay. it's all good, man. Yeah, uh, I don't want to talk to you guys anymore. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> uh, okay, my first one for you is Michael Warren the second rushing yards against UCLA. Ah, uh, see, so I was just I just did a write up on him, and he had 153, I think, and three touchdowns last year. Yeah, he was. He dominated that game. He that was why well, he. No one knew about him, so that was his coming out right. party for. So, ah uh, man, I'm gonna go. Ooh, I'm gonna say one ten. That sounds. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't. I so think. I mean, I like Chip Kelly. I think he's gonna have things figured out a little bit more than last year, but I still. Warren's just such a beast. I know, and their defense should be. A little bit better than last year, but right it is a Nippert. It is a Nippert, so you never know, I guess. That's true. Um, okay, my second one for you is East Carolina first downs against NC State. First downs, dude, come on. You're really making it hard. Oh, man, I know. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Hey, East. man, new codes, new atmosphere. Come on, man. Did you hear Mike Colton. Houston said that they, they people who are betting on this game should take ECU to cover? What's the what's the spread? NC State's at minus seventeen, which oh. is which is less than I thought it was going to be. The cu- mm, I don't know. I don't know, man. Oh, first downs. I'm gonna say. Oh, talk about a stat I never pay attention to. I'm going to go 14. It seems okay, super sports. low, but I'm just going to, I don't know. That 14. one's tough. Okay. All right. My third one for you is is Brandon Woodbush passing yards against Florida A&M. Ooh. See, here's the thing. I don't know if Wimbush is going to play. He's probably not playing the entire game. And at that, oh, I, would, yeah. well, I don't know if he, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. I think he's the starter for like for sure, no doubt. No, he's not sharing time. So, passing yards, I'm gonna say. Hmm, I'm gonna go one ninety. One ninety. My original guess was gonna be one eighty, but I thought that was too small. But I don't want to say two hundred. So I hope I'm wrong. And he scores. He throws for five hundred. <laughs> And then I'm screwed for this game. <laughs> if he throws for 500 in 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 a half, which is probably what he'll end up playing, yeah, eh, uh, that's crazy. You know what? We're okay. gonna we're gonna bump it up to 200. Okay, just be 200 even. Just be Got safe. It. Got it. 200. My last one for you is Navy pass attempts. They play Holy Cross, by the way, so maybe they'll air it out a little bit. See, I want my original guess was gonna be like two. But I'm like, I you. Here's the thing: Malcolm Perry is going to be the quarterback, and they're not going to let him throw more than ten times. Like that would just be that's insane. So no <laughs> I'm going to go five. I feel okay. like that's a decent number, especially with Perry being the guy and dudes like five six. Seems right. like he's five six. So right. Sweet. All right. So to recap, settle picks. Wagner scored 24 on UConn, 71 total points between Houston and Oklahoma, 130 yards for Jonathan Taylor against USF, 470 total yards for Memphis against Ole Miss. I am picking five pass attempts for Navy, 
14 first downs for ECU against NC State. Michael Warren will rush for 110 yards against UCLA. And Brandon Wimbush will pass for 200 yards. All those sound really great until the games actually happen and we realize we have uh, no idea what we're talking about. I'm freaking ready, though, man. I'm yeah. ready to be wrong. Cool. Perfect. I like being wrong. It's like, give me, give me what you got and then whatever. If you're wrong, who right. cares? All right, so let's move on to a uh, topic we can discuss, hopefully not super long, but whatever if we do. So there was a tweet going around. I don't remember who it was, but it was that Mike Oresco, AAC commissioner, said that the AAC is planning to get rid of divisions and football starting next season. So the league is currently applying for a waiver so that the championship game features the two best teams. How are we feeling about that? I freaking love it. I know the standard tradition is you have two divisions. Those division champions meet, blah, 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 blah. I get it. However, ever since the idea has been introduced, I've been a big proponent of pods. Okay. You, you Bill, and Stephen Godfrey need to just, like, join minds. Or you and Bill. I feel like you're just... Bill Jr. The only way the only the only way that I am not Bill Jr. and more like Godfrey is I don't I'm not huge on a lot of numbers. He's very number based, but that's, that's okay. True. Um but no, I you know, I'm not the only one. They wrote about it over at Banner Society last week or earlier this week or whatever that was. I'm a huge proponent of pods. It it gives you fresh matchups every year and it gives you so okay. You could get the two best teams in a conference championship game, and I think that should be the objective. So if the two best teams in the conference championship are or in the conference are USF and UCF, that's who should be playing for the conference championship game. Houston Memphis a couple years ago, that was a uh, a big game at the end of the year, but the, man, that that's a really good conference championship game as well. Now you might get a stinker like Temple and Tulane. No offense to those two, but I'm just talking about that's a slugfest. So you just never know. But, I mean, I think the goal should be to get the two best teams in the conference championship game, and I think they're doing that because I do think it it – look, in a four-team era, they're never getting a team in the playoff. I'm no. just going to say that out front. No. Definitely. However, as expansion c- c- continues to be talked about, and we know we're going to expand because expansion equals money, and money equals – Everything going the right direction. As they expand, getting their best team possible in that playoff is their goal. And I think that this puts them in a position to be able to do that. Yeah, and I think it's weird because it's so obviously everything's arbitrary and and subjective to what you people believe when you say when you say the term the word best, it's so hard because that doesn't have an objective definition. That's true. But like last, so I was looking at that when I saw the tweet, I was like, okay, well, what would we have gotten if we did, if we went based on, you know, because they would go by conference record and, or would you, right? You would have to go by conference record to pick who's going to the championship. You can't go by overall record, right? I wouldn't think so. Otherwise, why would you play a conference schedule, you know? Um, Well, the Big 12 just used to take the highest ranked BCS team, which was ridiculous right anyway um but like so last year memphis made it and they were the they were tied for the fourth best team in the conference so last year if we didn't have any divisions it would have been ucf and temple because temple had one loss in the conference and ucf had none cincinnati had two and then houston memphis and i think smu might have had three so that's yeah. That you know yeah. it, that would I mean Temple play Temple only lost to UCF by ten, and Cincinnati got clobbered, but that might have had more to do with being on a big stage. Game day was there and whatever, but it was yeah. You know it's just and then Memphis. I mean Memphis if they, you know I don't know what Mike Norvell was saying in the locker room at halftime for either game, but they had oh. UCF right where they wanted them. So, <laughs> oh. yeah, it's well um, that's the case where. And you make a good counterpoint with that because there, you know, that is a case where clearly those are the two best teams in the conference last year. There's no dispute of those of those two teams being the best two teams. And 
I actually like what the AAC does with having a team host the conference championship. I think that's a great thing. And you, you saw two teams play twice. You're going to get that anyway. And so I think while – see, that, so you make a good point. Maybe you don't go by conference record. Maybe you go – I know I called it dumb, but maybe you do go by the highest-ranked team. I don't know. Yeah, because then you get that's, UCF Cincinnati last year. Yeah, that's what it would have been. So that's so. A good, well, you make a good point. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's I don't know. In the end, it's I don't know. It's all it's. Let's be honest. It really doesn't matter because am I going to be mad that Temple made it in over or Memphis made it in last year over Temple in ten years? No. Am no. I going to remember no. it? Yeah, I'll remember it if I'm still doing this podcast. But <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not going to remember stuff like that, and it's not going to get me worked up. And in the end, it's like you know what? Who cares? Right, and and I just want to point out to the fine fans of Tulane, I'm a big fan. Okay, I didn't mean to disparage Willie Fritz. And They're going to be okay. good this year. I hey hey they hey that game on Thursday night, the opening game against FIU, that's a fun game. That's man, that might be the best game of the night. I know when so you know this is this is why I'm glad you're on the pod is because when we first started writing, they're like, hey, this Florida State guy is going to join us. I'm like, well. What is a Florida State guy going to do at Underdog Dynasty? And I then I remembered, oh, that's basically what I was doing. So it's just, you know, it's great right. that there are other people that see the value of entertainment in these other games. You know, Tulane FIU is not on a lot of people's radar, but it not really fine. needs to be. We're not going to dive into that, but I, I like where your head's at. Right, and I look, we're going to have to break that game down, but that is actually a, that's a pretty even matchup. I think FIU is going to be good, and I think Tulane is going to be good, even though they're switching offenses, which kind of upsets me because I like what Willie Fritz likes to do. But anyway, uh, but yeah, I won't be watching that game. I'll be coaching in a game, but either way, I'm, I, I think that's a great game. Right on. All right, so we, we're both, you know, we both like, we both like the, the no divisions. That's, uh, Seems I think that's just going to be a, a a good thing for the team or for the team the division the division wow I can't talk the conference just go through everything um, it'll just be good for the conference to get the two best teams and the divisions are stacked to begin and this year is going to be crowded you have four teams in the in the East maybe even five if ECU surprises some teams that are going right. to be competitive and you have four or five teams in the West that are going to be competitive too. And it just depends on if Navy or Tulsa are going to suck this year. So man, that, man, that West is stacked. Now that I look at it, it's, right it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's not getting easier in the East either, but, no, but not. yeah, I think in the end it would be a good thing, but all right. So next, next game number two. And this one is, this one's going to be a fun one. So, the Joe Tuck Fantasy Challenge. This will be a game that will feature myself, Mr. Settle here with me, Joe, your normal host, and Eric Henry, who you've heard on the on the podcast from time to time. So, here's how it's going to work. Every week, we will pick, there will be five players to pick from, from a single position. This week, we have quarterbacks. There are five quarterbacks that we get to draft from. And we're going to do basic fantasy points each week. We're not going to do decimals, none of that. So passing yards, you know, you get one point for every 25 yards passing. If you, we're not going to round up. You just get whatever your whole number is. That's your point. So you get passing yards, rushing yards, and then touchdowns for passing and rushing for quarterbacks. So what will happen is the order this, this week will be Michael go first. I will go next. Eric will go third. And Joe will go last. And then the fifth player will go to what we call a ghost team. And the ghost team is who you don't want to lose to. We're still thinking of a punishment for the loser. Eric and Joe, I told them they're roped into this. They have no choice to do it. So they're participating. Eric actually sent me his picks. So that's good. And we'll pick for Joe. And if he picks it, he has two guys to pick between. So 
we will pick for him and if we'll change it we need to but we don't have a punishment yet we'll figure it out i don't know maybe maybe you got to profess your love for all the other people but if you lose here's how it works if you lose to the ghost team you have to do the punishment if nobody loses to the ghost team the last place person has to do the punishment so if everybody beats the ghost team and i am last i have to do the punishment if we all lose to the ghost team we all have to do the punishment so we got to think of something like that if you the viewer listeners viewers i wish you could see us maybe i don't hey, if you could I don't but know about that. if I don't know. if you guys have an idea for a punishment no money involved no like nothing crazy but if you have an idea let us know so the five five quarterbacks we're picking between picking from this this week and this is from all of college football we have to spread it out just to make things fair the five guys we're picking from first Derek King if you don't know who he is stop listening to the podcast two Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma three is Sam Ellinger from Texas four is Bryce Perkins from Virginia and five is Adrian Martinez from Nebraska Mr. Settle you get your first pick who are you taking I think I know okay I should go Derek King I I have a question maybe you don't have it in front of you who does Nebraska open up with? I do have it in front of me. I'm just going to make up a name. Uh-huh. Uh, Nebraska, they play South Alabama. Uh... So, Derek King, Houston plays Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts plays Houston. Uh, Texas plays Louisiana Tech. Virginia plays uh, Pitt, I believe. Pitt, look at that coastal clash. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, who's like and Adrian Martinez plays South Alabama. So who is your selection? I gotta go Derek King. I, he'll run around, he'll throw, he'll throw all over the place. So I'm going with Derek King. Adrian Martinez is interesting though. Yeah. Ah oh, boy. See, this is this is tough. Uh, I'm gonna go. I, I think I have to go Martinez. I don't I I don't want I want to pick Jalen Hurts, but I don't, I don't know, know how much he's going. How much is he gonna throw the ball? Like how well does he throw the ball? I think he's better than people realize. But he you know playing the SEC obviously has some merit. But right. I I just think everybody was like he's just not very good, and it's it's just not. Oh, that's the not case. true. Now that I definitely don't think. So, all right. So Eric is next, and he sent me his picks. I had him rank the guys. So his first pick was King. Obviously, you picked King. His next pick is Sam Ellinger. So Eric okay. will take Sam Ellinger. And then you and I get to make a collective decision decision for Mr. Serpico between Jalen Hurts and Bryce Perkins. Honestly, I would probably pick Hurts just because Houston's defense is, has a lot to prove, and I, I don't know. I just don't know what Perkins is going to provide, but you can convince me otherwise. No, I'm going to go with Hurts as well. I, you know, as bad as Pitt's defense looked at times last year, uh, I'm not as high on Bryce Perkins as everyone else is, but I'll get to that another time. He, I mean, he is he is a solid quarterback, but yeah, I think oh, he, he he lost his two best weapons, his running back and his wide receiver. Exactly. So exactly. that's that's going to be tough to to overcome. But right, all right. So that means the ghost team has Bryce Perkins, which watch him light it up. You know, that's usually how it go. I've heard <laughs> I've heard people do you know different radio shows have done similar games to this, and it seems that whoever is the ghost player tends to do the best. So. We think we know something, but we'll find out. All right, so that that is the Joe Talk Fantasy Challenge. So hopefully we can get everybody calling in for the podcast. And again, if you have a punishment that the losing team or teams should do, let us know. We will all think of something as well. And Eric and Joe, if you're listening to this, sorry, not sorry. So now, now it's time... Well, we're not going to deep dive, but we'll we'll talk about a few games here. So the first two games we'll kind of go through. I'll just give me give me for both of these. Just give me something you're looking forward to and then just pick a winner for me. So the first one, you said Wagner's going to score 24 points against UConn. But what are we watching in that game? And what's who's going to you said UConn's going to win. But give us a score for that one. 
Okay. So, I actually think, man, I can't believe I'm saying this. I have a little bit of interest in UConn this year, not because I think they're going to be good. I want to point that out. But because Randy Edsel in year one was really in year negative three. Okay, the program was shut back so far, and I don't know if he did anything great to flip it, but I'm interested to see because just if you look at UConn's roster, I'm not 100% sure that's a, a full FBS roster. Like that is, That's not a very good roster. So I'm interested to see what he's done. And, I mean, I'm just interested in that in general, that whole UConn story, even the American and basketball and all that stuff kind of ties in. So that's what I'm interested in. But I do think UConn wins. I don't think they're going to blow Wagner out, but I do think UConn wins. Their defense is atrocious. Yeah, it's it's uh it's bad. We made plenty of jokes here on Joe Talk, so we don't need to do oh, anymore, and they'll keep coming. But next game, and uh, we already know who's gonna win. But uh, again, give us something you're looking forward to in the UCF Florida A and M game. I'm just interested to see to see Wimbush in this offense. I'm interested to see what they let him do, what he's capable of, because you know we saw you know he's a a really serviceable quarterback at Notre Dame. I think the system that he'll be running at UCF will actually play to his strengths. So I'm really looking forward to see what he does, and I'm looking forward to see if things continue under Josh Heupel. I'm high on Josh Heupel. I know I think Joe is really high on Josh Heupel. Oh, don't get me started on Joe thinks he's a top three coach in the conference. I I didn't say that. He has to go out and prove that. But so far, so good. But he was left with Scott Brock's team, so he has a lot to prove as well. That is true. That is true. Yeah, it's uh, he did a good job. It's it's Joe said he was a top three coach, and I about I about quit the podcast and quit writing for Underdog <laughs> Dynasty. It's just it's like saying that like Steve Ballmer is a better CEO than Bill Gates, right there. That's the same Microsoft, yeah, whatever. No, yeah, no, just, that makes sense. Just because uh, you know, like Steve Ballmer's a, a better CEO than Bill Gates because he kept the company running. Like, no, that's not how it works. Like, he may do oh. better things in the future in terms of like adapting to whatever, but like. Dude, relax. He just gave he was given the keys to the car and he didn't crash it. He's gonna listen to this and throw things, man. He is not gonna be happy with you. That's fine. <laughs> he can be upset all he wants. All right, we're gonna group these next two Thursday night games. Again, these are all Thursday uh, tomorrow, actually. So I don't know. Tomorrow, I gotta get this to Taylor. Um, if he gets it, great. If we can post it Friday, whatever. Um, let's see. So between these two games. Who has a better chance of winning? Cincinnati at home against UCLA or Tulane at home against FIU? A better chance of winning. Well, Cincinnati basically returns everyone but the quarterback. Um, they have a new quarterback, I know. Desmond but, Ritter's back. Oh, sorry, sorry, Desmond. Yeah, okay, that's right. Sorry, he is back. Okay. So never mind then. Yeah, I'm gonna take Cincinnati then. Cincinnati. I really, I'm really high on FIU. I sound like such a Florida homer. Their their lines are the same. Tulane and Cincinnati are both favored by three. So that doesn't make it any easier for you. No, it really doesn't. I'm still gonna roll. I'm gonna roll with Cincinnati. I'm just not. I'm not. I I don't hate Chip Kelly, even though I'm an Eagles fan. I don't hate the guy as a coach. I, I think he's a good coach. I'm just. I'm not sold yet, so and I really like what Luke Pickle's doing, so I'm going to take Cincinnati. All right, I like that. I like that. So now we'll go to Friday. We have a couple Friday night games. One is Tulsa at Michigan State, and oh, Wisconsin buddy. comes to South Florida to play the Bulls. Which one of those teams has a better chance of upsetting the other Big Ten team? In the I think USF probably has a better chance. I would because agree. Because of the, atle- the athleticism and the skill. Tulsa just got uh, so much to work on. Right, right. And I, I really like Michigan State this year. Like, I know a lot of people aren't that high on them. I'm actually one of the people that, that is high on Michigan State this year. I, I think they're going to be – they're going to shock some people. That's all I got to say about that. But I don't think Tulsa, man, I don't think the Montgomery era – I think this is it. I put it in an article a couple weeks back. I actually do think this is it. Now, if he happens to sneak up and win this game, then we got something to talk about. But until I see it, I'm not convinced. And by the way, Wisconsin, 
this is not the time of year to be coming to Tampa, Florida, man. It is hot. Yeah. What is wrong with you? What in the world, man? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's uh, well, you got it. I mean, it's that's the tough thing is scheduling is you're probably gonna have to play them within the first month. So at this, they're gonna be playing it in rain. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say, as the hurricane starts to roll in, they're probably gonna play this in the rain. There you go. So maybe that works to Wisconsin's favor. There you go. All right, moving on to Saturday. So we don't need to talk about Temple playing Bucknell or Navy playing Holy. Dude, fighting Rod carries, this isn't this isn't March Madness where Bucknell has a shot for an upset. Uh, upset. Well, I Rod actually debut, I should take that back because Temple lost to Villanova last year. So I was going to say they lost to Villanova, but were good in other games. It made no sense you know, at all. You know no what? Sense. It's if if you want to do a deep dive, you can create your own podcast for Mike <laughs> Mike Talk. Or open open mic say, is what you can call your podcast. All I wanted to say was that it was the Rod Carey debut. That's it. Go. I'm good. Let's go. There we go. Yep. And then Holy Cross at Navy. You know, Malcolm Perry's back in quarterback. We don't need to dive into that. Uh, go just really, really quick. Does ECU cover the spread at minus se- or plus 17, or does NC State win by more than that? I like NC State to cover that. I know a lot of people were like, uh, you know. Now, next year, I think ECU might get a little bit of that year two bump that we like to talk about. But for now, I think they're in a complete reset. I know there was some talent there, but I like NC State to cover that. All right, all right. And then we got two two big games. One's bigger than the other one just because of Power 5 bias, but whatever. Ole Miss comes to the Liberty Bowl to play Memphis. And this is a Memphis team that a lot of us at Underdog Dynasty are high on, including myself and my co-host, Joseph. It's not his And me. And, and you. Guy. Yeah, there's a lot of teams, a lot of people that like Memphis. This Memphis team is going to be one of the more talented teams in the conference. And Ole Miss is, I don't really know what's going on with Ole Miss. I, I like their, is it Matt Luke is their head coach? Right. I, I like right. him. He seems like a good dude. I mean, anybody's going to pre- seem really good compared to Hugh Freeze, <laughs> but we won't dive down there. But no, we don't I, have to do that. I think Memphis is the better team, and I I, the, I think the line I saw was Memphis at minus 5.5, and I I think they cover that, honestly. I actually agree with you. I, Ole Miss is interesting, and I'm not here to talk in depth on Ole Miss, but just to get the other side, Rich Rodriguez is our offensive coordinator. And, man, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the defensive coordinator. Uh, Mike, Mike McIntyre, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Mike McIntyre. He's a defensive coordinator. So there's two former Power 5 head coaches within their, you know, within their system. So that's a little interesting to kind of see how that goes. They got a new starting quarterback in Matt Corral who was highly touted or highly thought of, but, again, he's an unknown. So we don't really know. I actually agree with you, though. I like Memphis to cover that. I think they they might cover that, but man, they might cover that kind of decent. Uh, you know, you got Brady White backs. There's a whole bunch of weapons, and I actually, I actually, I actually think Memphis's defense isn't as bad as people want to give credit for either. They're they're talented. It's just there right. were a lot of a lot of mistakes made by you know players that maybe weren't ready for a leadership role, but had experience. So I think that that that'll be solved. And they'll put everything together just as long as they don't have to play another second half against UCF. But the, the other the other game, which this this one kind of got me going. So I would give Joe a lot of credit. He is he is high on SMU. He's high on them last year. They didn't really they didn't come through for him, but he's high again on them this year. And I like his pick. I'm not going to take credit for it. I'm going to give him his credit where it's due. He likes SMU. But they're going to Arkansas State, and they are actually two-point underdogs going into to Jonesboro. And I don't like that. That seems like a, I feel like I, I'm going to steal money because SMU is going to win. I think that is – I think that's a little bit of Vegas. And, you know, normally Vegas is spot on. But if you want to make money off of Vegas, and I know this isn't a gambling advice podcast, but here's a little tip. Those – Early G5 games, there's where you make your money because it takes them a little bit to get up to speed on some of these teams. I agree with you. I think SMU, especially with uh, new quarterback Shane Bichelle, I, I'm i really high on SMU too. I, I'm, I'm pretty much high on 
man, I'm high on the whole half the top of the conference anyway. Um, <laughs> we're, we're high on like 10 of the 12 teams. Everybody well, but UConn no, really, were high on. a lot of good teams in the conference. Um, I, I do like Arkansas State, but, uh, you know, just, man, every, man, everything that's gone on there, it breaks my heart, man. You know, they're going to be without their normal head coach. Yeah, that's a that's a without yeah. getting too much into it. Just I I can't imagine what he's going through. Anybody that has a significant other, you know, what whether that's your wife or not. But I just like I know like my wife like I I don't even know what I would do with like he he's probably gonna come back and coach at some point. We don't know when it's gonna be, but. Uh, Dude, I just like it. You just your heart breaks for him to have that happen. Not just like the timing doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when it happens. You just feel awful. Oh yeah, just a terrible tragedy. And and I, you know, not to tie it back in. There's no great way to transition, but maybe that maybe Vegas looks at that and says, okay, inspired team at home. You know, they want to play for their coach. They want to play for you know to honor his late wife. Maybe there's a little bit something to that, but I agree with you. I, I like SMU to win outright. There is something I think to that. It's 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 kind of like a it, death kind of brings people together, and it's it's a nice thing to see. It's very uplifting, and you know you can honestly like football takes a backseat to all of this, of obviously, yeah, and and whatnot. But I think that's just you know that might be a factor in this game. But I know that. Even without that, Arkansas State is still a tough team to beat, no matter where you're playing them. But that's it'll still be interesting, and I, we're both on the SMU train, so we'll see how it goes. That's a really fun game, by the way. I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think there's yeah. too there's not enough people that again. I I'll say it again. That see the value in terms of entertainment in some of these games, like SMU Arkansas State, is sign me up, man. Yeah, I sign completely agree. But, that's a game. That's a week zero game. That's that's the kind of game. There, I'm yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. That is perfect for last week. Are yeah. you kidding? I'm gonna watch that over Alabama that Duke. On? Well, there's no doubt about that. I mean, we don't have to get into that. That's a mollywop. Right. It's yeah, yeah, but that's like an ex, you know, it's an example. I'm not gonna right. pay attention. I'll, I'll check in on the score, but like I sit there glued to my TV to watch Duke get throttled. Like, no. If thanks. you want to look at anything at that game, Alabama covers in the first half just 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 yes in the first half that's a bet you can always make to vegas and get it right there you go so speaking of big games we'll wrap wrap the podcast up on this one houston oklahoma now we know in 2016 that houston beat oklahoma both programs are in very different places now houston is coming off a two years of very mediocre football Lots of potential, but never realized potential. Oklahoma was just starting the Baker Mayfield era and was in prime position to be upset. Now they're coming off two playoff appearances, two consecutive playoff appearances, and two consecutive Heisman Trophy winners, and they get Jalen Hurts and return a ton of talent. So, is there... What percent chance does Houston have to win this game, and do you even see it happening? I don't, but I want to hear an outsider's perspective. I, I mean, I, of course, there's a chance. There's always um, a chance, right? I, it's not like a coin flip or fifty-fifty or anything, but there's a chance that on that day, on that field, Houston can win, and I do think that they did a lot right in the offseason just by hiring Dana Holgerson. I think that was that's a slap. man. That's a good hire. Just knows the area, and that's I know that's a buzz term now. But he, you know, he does know the area. He wanted to get back in Texas. He's in a big like that is a really good fit, and he has one of the best weapons in the country, the Eric King. Um, I think just on the other side of it, though, Oklahoma brings in Alex Grinch to run the defense. Everywhere he's gone, that defense has improved, and so I know it's game one, and they have to contain the Eric King. But I do think they take a little bit of a step forward. And, man, to the, to the spoils goes riches, man. Another, just another top-caliber quarterback that Oklahoma gets. I mean, you go from Baker Mayfield to Kyler Murray, and now you bring in Jalen Hurts, who might not be – he might not be the passer that those two were, but I think he is underrated, like you said. And so I think there's a chance Houston can win, but I'm not, I'm not willing to pick it up. I like Oklahoma, and I like Oklahoma to cover. 
Boo. I know. Get off know. my podcast. I know, man. Hey, trust me. I'll be sitting in my seat rooting for the opposite to happen. I know. I think that's I the hard thing is people like when you pick, there's a difference between who you're rooting for and that you're making your picks. You know, there's a, there's a business side of things and right. there's money to be made. But at the same time, like, am I going to be, if I bet Oklahoma to cover and Houston pulls off the outset, am I going to be upset? No, absolutely no. not. No. So I understand that completely. Hey, man, if Friday night rolls around and I start to look like an idiot about Michigan State and Tulsa, so what? I'm pulling for Tulsa. Let's go, man. Right, like, exactly. Right, so I'm all for the G5 upsets any day of the week. I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those – you have a bunch of people. You have the Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, the Doug Gottliebs that just, like, say stuff to get attention. Like, people say dumb stuff and, like – in the end, people still pay attention to them, and it's, I don't know. There's one thing between saying something to get attention and saying something because you believe it. If you're wrong, like, who cares? Like, here's right. the thing with life. You're going to be wrong a lot. Like, just get over it and move on. You'll be fine. Right. I, I agree 100%. By the way, I want. I know, I know this isn't the normal content of your podcast, but I have one game I want you to pick. One Ooh, game. It's outside right. the AAC. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. Holy War tomorrow night. Who you got? Oh, Utah, BYU. I have Utah by one. I think I picked like 24-23. The last, like, I think of the last five or six games, only one has been decided by more than one score. And Utah's won. Well, so Utah, it was five. So Utah's won the last five in a row. And only one was by more than one score. So I'm picking Utah by one. I know that people are picking them for the playoff, but uh, I don't it, know about that offense, man. It's a <laughs> it's a rivalry game, and I'm super right. pumped for that. I think for whatever reason, as bad as BYU is, not bad, as down as they've been the last what two years or so, they find a way to play Utah really well. Nah, whatever that is, I don't know. I know they hate each other, but. What wasn't it a bowl game a couple of years ago where one was ahead by a million and the and the other one came all the way back? And I believe so. Yeah. Oh, geez. So I'm really looking forward to that game. So I'll be home from coaching at that time, so I'll be able to sit down and watch it. I just wanted to get someone else's excitement about that game because I oh, was the only one talking about it. For sure, dude. I'll be. Yeah. I will watch as much as I can. I got to work the next morning, but me too. I know. It, it's it is what it is, dude. BYU schedule is just awful. They play uh, Utah. They so they start with Utah at home. They go to Tennessee, then they host USC and Washington. Like that's just enough to make me like not like. So they play almost the top half of the Pac-12. Yeah, it's just essentially like it's 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 too bad because BYU is going to be a team that's fighting for a bowl game because of their own doing. Right, and you know. <laughs> I don't necessarily know if they're a bowl team anyway, um, but I will say if any non-Power 5 team had a chance with a certain schedule to make the playoff, it's BYU. I mean, every year the front half is so loaded, you almost forget about them in the back half. Right, because they're uh, usually like 2-4 right. and four at that point. Right, right, of course. But, I mean, just that schedule sets up for either great things or nightmare fuel. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it. It's gonna be another, just another, you know, another team, another team to follow. But that's right. All right. Well, that was that was certainly fun. Uh, we talked about a lot. Played a couple games. Um, not sure if I still like you or not, based on how those games go. But we will see. We're <laughs> we're we're ready for another exciting season. Uh, Mike, thanks again for joining the podcast. Let everyone know where they can find you on Twitter and other social media and whatnot. Uh, I am on Settle MLCFB on Twitter, Settle MLCFB. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, as far as any other social media, I mean, I, I mean, obviously you can find me at underdogdynasty.com. I write articles there. I should have a new article out every Sunday evening or Monday morning, depending on what time I can get it done. Um, just wrapping up the weekend review, I did it all last year. I thought I had a lot of positive and you know, negative feedback, whatever. So look for those every week. And I'm not going to give out my Instagram just in case. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, you got to balance balance the yeah. uh, 
the personal and the business life. So that's right. Just, that's right. That is just fine. All right. So if you haven't followed him already, give him a follow. He's not hurting for follows with his like twelve thousand follow. Okay, he's not at twelve thousand, but it's uh yeah. So give him a follow if you can. Uh, make sure you're following Underdog Dynasty at Underdog Dynasty on Twitter and Facebook. You can follow me, Joe Broback at at Joe Broback. It's just it's as simple as it sounds. Um, and make sure if you're listening to this podcast, leave us a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, let us know about your that punishment if you if you can think something. Otherwise, we'll make each other do something stupid. Um, I'll make <laughs> I'll make settle in Serpico buy a Vikings jersey or something. So. Oh. So uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see what it is, but yeah, make sure you're following Underdog Dynasty. Follow Mike. Follow myself. And until next time, thanks for listening to Joe Talk. <laughs>